Do you know that from your position you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shedon Obaji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. Thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to us to die for our sins. He was condemned because of our sins. Condemned to death. Crucified on the cross. Died on the cross. Buried in the grave. And then on the third day, according to the scriptures, he was raised again from the dead for our justification. Thank you. We give you praise. Blessed be your holy name. Amen. Glory to God. I want to slap at least five people high five. Say, Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's alive. (laughs) Hallelujah. You may be seated. Glory to God. Ha, 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 ha. (laughs) It's joy all the way. He's alive. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory! Woo! (laughs) Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Amen. He's alive. I said Jesus is alive. All right, praise the Lord. The Lord spoke to me and said, Son, all that I died for and was raised back to life for has been credited to your account. Amen. And he said, What makes it yours vitally is you identifying with what I have done for you. And so we're going to be looking at the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the side of identification. Hallelujah. What is identification? Amen. Now let me quickly explain what it is. Identification is the principle of taking your reference point from something or somebody who is for you and represents you. Amen. Taking your reference point from something or somebody who is for you or and or represents you. That's, that's what identification is. Now, um, let me quickly explain it this way.
pull up my suit and I say to Pastor Reject, please come. I say, this is yours. I give it to you. All right? You can hold it with you this way forever. All right? And say, wow, this is mine. Wow. Look at this suit. It's mine. Pastor Shegun gave it to me. Woo-hoo-hoo. You may rejoice over it. I mean, rejoice about it, rather. Forever. That this is mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Can you display that to the people? Just rejoice. Hey. <laughs> Who else has this opportunity but me today? <laughs> Glory to God. All right. Now, while you're rejoicing about it, it's good. It's an excitement that gets you ready for something. This suit will not benefit you until, until, come on, until you do what? Wear it. That means until you identify with this suit and say, yeah, that's mine. And then you put it on and take your reference point from it. It makes no difference in your life. It does you no good. Praise the Lord. All right, now, having known that this is yours... All right, and you want to derive the highest benefit from this suit, this jacket, rather. What do you do? I wear it. it Hallelujah. Hello. This is identification. Now, if I come to you or someone else, Pastor, come now. And say, say to him, all right, it's my suit. I want to take it from you. It's my suit. I want to take it from you. (laughs) Now, you see, the point here is this. This man has identified with this jacket. Hello. So much so that he calls the jacket his own. It is called what? Identification. Now, how many of us know that for all the sinners who are alive today in the flesh, Jesus Christ paid the full price for their sins and died on the cross and shed his blood for the remission of their sins? And as far as God is concerned, forgiveness belongs to all sinners, true? But it does them no good until... They come and identify. Say identify. Identify Identify with Jesus and say, yes, indeed, you are my Lord. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you were raised from the dead for my justification. And then immediately it takes effect in their lives. It's called identification. Hallelujah. Identify what? Cation. Say it's identification. All right. Now, let's go through that very quickly. Number one, Jesus was sent to this world for you. The Bible calls him the Lamb of God that takes away or took away, now with respect to what he's done for us, took away the sins of the whole world. So, he's God's Lamb, God's sacrificial Lamb for us. So, he was sent to us, for us. 
Gospel according to St. John chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means he gave Jesus to us. Jesus did not come to this world just to show us how good he is or how beautiful he is. He came to this world because the Father sent him to us and for us. Praise the Lord. All right. And now we understand from Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Look at it. It says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. Now, the first Adam represented mankind. That means he was the head of humanity, he was the representative of humanity. And when he sinned against God by transgression, everyone sinned in him because he represented everyone. That means everyone identified with Adam, the first man. And the Bible tells us that when he fell, he was not the only one that fell. <clears throat> Excuse me. He fell and everyone in his loins fell with him. So, the Bible tells us, for all have sinned, all, not some, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when Adam sinned and came short of the glory of God, every man in Adam sinned likewise and came short of the glory of God. And the Bible tells us that there is the second Adam and the last. He's now a the representative of all mankind on another level. The first man was earthly and natural. The second man, the second Adam, the Bible tells us is the Lord from heaven and he is a life-giving spirit. Glory to God. So he came as the second and the last Adam to represent humanity. Glory to God. Uh-huh. So when Jesus died for our sins, it was not for himself, it was for us. Because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, it says, For God has made Jesus to be seen for us who knew no sin. So he was impeccable, spotless, sinless, holy from the very crown of his head to the soles of his feet. Glory to God. There was no sin in him. There was no iniquity in him. So when he took our place, he took our place for us, not for himself. And he became sin for us. So that everyone and anyone who identifies with him in what he has done for humanity will be saved. It's that simple. So the first Adam represented the fallen man. And then the second Adam, Jesus Christ, the, Jesus, the anointed one, represents the risen man. There was the fallen man and then there is the risen man. The man from heaven. One was earthly. The other one is the Lord himself from heaven. Glory to God. And the Bible tells us that in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. Romans 6, it says, For the wages of sin is death, 
But the gift of God. Let's say the gift of God. One more time, say the gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Jesus came as the second Adam representing the reason man. Let's not say the reason man. Adam represented the fallen man. Let's not say fallen man. All right. Jesus is the reason man. He was raised from the dead. We're celebrating his resurrection today. Because he was raised from the dead. The reason man. And the Bible tells us that everyone who identifies with him as to what he's done for us in his substitutionary work, all right, will have everything credited to the account. Everything. Identification. Let's not say identification. One more time, say it again. Say identification. All right, this is it. Identification. That means you wear it, it's yours. You take your reference point from there. Because it was done for you, for you, for you, not against you, for you. Glory to God. Uh Uh-huh. So that's the first understanding of the substitutionary work of Jesus. Jesus was sent to us and he came for us. Are we together? He was sent for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was sent to us. And he came for us. He's our sacrificial lamb. The soul that sins shall die. The wages of sin is death. And so Jesus came and stood in our stead as our representative. As our substitutionary sacrifice. And all our sins from Adam. Let's want to say from Adam. Say it again. Say from Adam. The sins of your great grandparents. Great, 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 great grandparents from Adam. Everything was placed upon Jesus. Placed upon him. Everything from A to Z. Placed upon that one man. And on the cross, he bore all. Everything. Your sins, your iniquities, your righteousness. He bore everything all together on himself. Glory to God. Amen. Now, note this. Did he do it for himself? Come on, talk to me. Did he do it for himself? Did he have any sin? The Bible says he knew no sin. He did not know sin. He did it for who? For who? Come on, you see, identification. For who? Identification. For whom did he do it? Identification. Come on, for whom did he do it? All right. He did it for us, for you, for me, for humanity. There are countless number of people out there who do not know what he has done yet. That's why he sent us to tell them. That someone bore their sins. All right? Amen. I said amen. Uh-huh. Hmm. So, Jesus did it for us. Hmm. Next step. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Look at it. This is clear. Who his own self bear our sins? Our own, not his own. 
in his own body on the tree that's on the cross. That we've been dead to sins. Why did he do it? Come on. Why did he do it? That we've been dead to sins should, should, let's not say should, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So he did it for a purpose. The counterpart of this scripture is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Look at it. It says, for he hath, God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In him. Did you see that? So he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So when Jesus Christ was on the cross, he represented you, he represented me, he represented the whole of humanity. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Amen. This is wonderful. The first Adam, all right, represented the fallen man. The second Adam is representing the risen man. Point one. Point two. Birth by the first Adam was not by the will of the child that was born or is born. But birth by the second Adam is actually an expression of faith in the head of the new creation. That's the reason man at will. Nobody gets born again without the involvement of his will. The first Adam produced and reproduced children by sexual intercourse. Hello? The second Adam production is done through the word. The spoken word of God. And that's why I know that there won't be resurrection, I mean there won't be marriage in the resurrection. Amen? Why? Because you see, Reproduction will still happen, but not the way it's happening right now, naturally speaking. It's going to happen another way. The same way you were born again. Praise God. Uh Someone says, how? (laughs) How did you get born again? 1 Peter 1, 23. What does it tell us? It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever liveth and abideth forever liveth and abideth forever the blessing that God proclaimed on man in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28 is still effective God is not going to change his mind be fruitful that's an eternal blessing in the resurrection in the glorified body be fruitful is still there be fruitful be fruitful. It's a blessing of God. It was not associated with the fall. It was before the fall of man. Amen. Be fruitful. So, we see here, look up please, that Jesus, the anointed one, is the head of the risen man. He's the head of the body of Christ. He's the head and representative of the man that is born anew. 
He's the firstborn from the dead. Are we together? The earthly man, the natural man, the head of that earthly man and natural man was Adam. He was the first man. Now, the head of the new creation, the head of the new man is Jesus, the anointed one. He's the head of the new man. Glory to God. Uh huh. And every man who identifies with what he has done is saved and blessed and prosperous and lifted. Hallelujah. Identification, that's all. Excuse me, how did we get born again? All right. Did we struggle to get saved? How many of us struggled? You were fasting. All right, I'm praying 40 days and then you got saved. Anybody like that? No. No. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. We identified with him and then we were saved. We were saved. Right there and then, we were saved. Glory to God. I mean saved. 100% saved. Saved. Totally saved. Saved. From the very crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. Saved. Now, if by identifying with him, we got saved, what do you think? would happen when we identify with him as touching the stripes that were laid upon him. By those stripes, the Bible says, we were healed. Identifying with him when he became poor for our sakes. That we, through his poverty, might be rich. Identification. Identifying with him in his resurrected state. Praise the Lord. Because you see, everything God wanted done in everyone, he did in Christ. And everyone, as we identify with him, those things take effect in us. That's how it works. Glory to God. Uh Process. Number one, he was sent to us for us. Number two, He identified with us. Hello? Jesus identified with us. You remember Jesus Christ at Jordan was not a sinner and he didn't have any sin to repent of. But there were sinners there at Jordan being baptized of John the Baptist and Jesus was on the queue with them. He identified with them. Though he was not a sinner, but he identified with sinners. We saw even in his life, in the flesh, naturally speaking, Jesus was always with people who were less privileged. He was with the poor. He was with the republicans. Or I mean publicans. He was with the tax collectors. Praise the Lord. He was with them. Because he identified with them. The Pharisees who thought they were righteous, Jesus was not found in their midst. He was found in the midst of the meek, the lowly. He identified with sinners. So much so that John, by the Holy Ghost, 
pointed him to the people at Jordan, River Jordan. He says, behold the Lamb of God. This is the Lamb of God. God sent one. God's sacrifice sent for sin. To bear our sins. To carry our sins. And take them out of our way. Glory to God. And he did just that. So he was sent to us for us. He identified with us. And then he stood in our stead, was condemned for us. Remember? When they asked the people, all right, should we release this innocent man who had never seen, or Barabbas, the thief who was a sinner? All right, the people cried and said, No, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And Jesus Christ took the place of that thief. Barabbas was released and Jesus died in his stead. That picture shows us that he was innocent, he was without sin, but he chose to die for sinners so that their sins might be forgiven them and then a new beginning will start. He identified with us in our sin. Now watch this. Jesus Christ on the cross identified with us. Amen. He identified with us. Note what he said when he was to leave. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. In other words, he did not condemn any sinner. I said, Jesus never condemned any sinner. Why? Because he took their place. He took their place. And now, watch this. It is clear from scriptures that anyone and everyone who then identifies with him receives all that he has done on his behalf right there and then. In other words, it takes effect. Now, Romans chapter 6, if we read from verse 1 to 11, it shows us our identification with Jesus Christ in his crucifixion, burial, his death, burial, and resurrection. Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in saying that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are Come on, how shall we that are... Now, excuse me, when did we die to sin? That's the question. How shall we that are dead to sin? When did we die to sin? Did we kill ourselves to sin? No! When did we die to sin? The Bible says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Verse 3. Know ye not. Are you not aware that so many of us as were baptized... Into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Glory to God. So it was when he died that we died to sin. Did you, did you see that? Hello. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Paul was saying, hey guys, you have to reckon yourself dead indeed with Christ. 
identification. Come on, say identification. Say it again, say identification. All right, it says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Go to verse 5 quickly. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Was, in other words, crucified with him. Let's all say the old man. The Adamic man. Say it, say the Adamic man. The first Adamic man. Come on, say it, say the first Adamic man was crucified with him. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Say amen to that. All right. So right there on the cross, he identified with us. All right. No waiting for us to identify with him. Did you see that? Identify with him. Excuse me. If a very wealthy man gets married to a very poor woman, all right? How should the poor woman, having been married, carry herself? No, talk to me. Come on. Come on, talk to me. Come on. Now, if the woman was born in poverty, raised in poverty, went to school in poverty, and poverty was in her mindset, and now she's married to a very wealthy man, all right? Do you know she cannot take a reference point from our poverty anymore, she has to take a reference point from our husband's wealth, prosperity. Are we together? Now, she may have one or two challenges with that because of the way she was raised, but she can renew her mind to this new status. True? <clears throat> I said she can renew her mind. Amen. That means... Now that she's married, she has to reckon herself prosperous indeed because of her present status. It's called identification. Marriage makes room for that identification. Amen. She has to reckon it in her heart that now she's prosperous because she takes a reference point from the prosperity of the husband, her husband. Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. Uh, come on, I said, Praise the Lord. Now, go on. For he that is dead. Is freed from sin. Verse 8. Now, if we be dead 
with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, died no more. Death had no more dominion over him. Verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God for how long? Forever, of course. Likewise, reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but come on, alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Alive. He that is dead is freed from sin. The resurrection of Jesus Christ brings us to a place of victory. In the actual sense of it, victory, victory, victory. Go to verse 12. Can we read verse 12 together? One, two, three, let's go. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the loss thereof. Verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 14. Read it out loud. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Now the Lord spoke to me and said, when believers are faced with, uh, for example, um, a sinful habit, all right, he expects for them to take their reference point from his resurrection, to identify with him in his resurrected, resurrected state. Identify. In other words, you can identify with him and say, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I was raised together with Jesus. I am one with him in that resurrection, resurrected state. I am one with him in his resurrection. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to let anything put me under. Did you see the application here? Come on. Did you see that application there? You can't stare and keep staring poverty in the eyes and say, well, if, if you want to do anything with my life, just go ahead and do it. But I know Jesus is coming one day. He will deliver me from you. No. Say no. no. Say no. no. You take your reference point from his resurrection. He's been raised from the dead. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Look at it. We're looking at this stepwisely. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, for whose sakes? So that means he identified with us, yet for your sakes, he became poor. That you, so that, you see that? That ye through his poverty might be rich. So you see, don't yield your life to poverty. Refuse, refuse. That's the interpretation. Go back to Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Read from verse 11 into 14. You will see. It's so clear there. It says, likewise, in the same manner, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. It says, reckon it. Say identification. 
but our life unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at verse 12. He says, let not, oh, I refuse. You see, that's what it means. He says, refuse. Refuse from henceforth to let sin reign in your mortal body. Refuse it. It's called reckoning. I refuse to walk in unrighteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who I am. I refuse. He says, let not. I refuse to let poverty tell me what to do, what to buy, what market to go. I refuse. I refuse. I won't let it. I take my reference point from his prosperity. You know, you see, that's, that's it. He says, when you do that, the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He says, everything I've done will start taking effect. He will, it will quicken your mind. It will tell you the business to do. It will show you opportunities. Because, you see, you cannot see poverty. You can't see it. You are not taking your re- reference point from there. You, you, it's not like you are trying to. You can't see it. You are taking your reference point from what Jesus has done for He's been raised from the dead. Not for himself. For us. I refuse to let sin rule my life. I refuse to let poverty tell me what to do. I refuse. For I know the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for my sake, for my sake, identification, my sake. Whose sake? Come on, whose sake? Let not sin therefore reign in your mother's body that you should obey it in the loss thereof. Neither. Did you see that? Identification. That's, that is the practicality of redemption. That's the practical dimension of it. I refuse to be discouraged. Because Jesus was discouraged for me on the cross. Amen. So you start laughing in the name. You take your, you take your place, your, your reference point from that which has been done for you. Uh-huh. All right. And then the Spirit of God takes over. You begin to laugh. Glory to God. There is no sinner man. Listen very carefully. There is no sinner man or woman or boy or girl that comes to the Lord... And identifies with what Jesus Christ has done for him or her to be saved and will remain unsaved. It is not possible. It is not. Hello? I said it is not what? Possible. It is not. It cannot be. So he says, neither yield your members as instruments unto instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. All right, can, can we can we read it this way? Go go back verse um, thirteen. He says, neither yield your members as instruments of poverty unto lack. You, you can read it that way. I refuse to be poor. No, no, I refuse to. I refuse to. 
You understand that? You refuse it, I refuse to. Jesus was made poor with my poverty. And then there was an exchange. He gave me his wealth. I refuse to be poor. All right? I refuse to take my reference point. I refuse to stoop low to that. I refuse to think it. I refuse to say it. I refuse to act like it. Neither yield your members. As instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Alive. Come on. Are you alive from the dead? When did you come alive from the dead? When Jesus was raised from the dead. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Amen. I said, amen. Come on, I said amen. amen. <laughs> now go to Ephesians 2 quickly. We'll start from verse 1. We'll read into verse 9. Oh boy, this is good. And you have he quickened. You have he quickened. Now note, it says, you have he made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. In the first Adam, we were dead. That means we wallowed in it. We lived in it. The same way pigs enjoy death. We were in it. We, we dreamt it. We laughed it. We did everything in it. We, we meditated on it. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. But when we came to Jesus... And confessed him Lord of our lives. Are we together? And believed God hath raised him from the dead. The Bible says he quickened us. He made us alive from the zone of death. From the zone of sin. He brought us out of that zone. Glory to God. Now I refuse to let anything from that zone rule my life anymore. I refuse. You see that's identification. I refuse. I, I cannot let it. Glory to God. Amen. I said amen. amen. Grace actually begins to work righteousness in us and through us at the point of identification. Identifying with him. Amen. The four dimension is so beautiful. He's done it for us. Amen. The in dimension is, is marvelous. Amen. That which has been done for us is worked in us. And is worked through us. You have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Look at it. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had, we used to have, our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh. Did you see that? Lust, someone says, well, you see, this thing, I, I, it's like, man of God, this thing is pushing me. What is pushing you? If it's not the Holy Ghost, don't let it push you. It's simple. 
is pushing me, don't let it push you. Take your reference. You see, take your reference. Go back to the word and look at Jesus. Behold him. Take your reference point from there. He says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh. That means our conduct, we carried ourselves by the promptings of the flesh. We lived that way. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the carnal mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But! Let's one say, but! Oh, come on, contrary to that now. Come on, say, but! But God! Who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he hath loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together. Hath raised us up together. Come on, hath raised us up together. Come on, hath. Resurrection now. Come on, hath. It was actually you that he had in mind to raise from the dead. But he couldn't have raised you from the dead, all right, without Jesus. So when he raised him from the dead, all right, you were raised together with him. Hath raised us up. Raised us up. Raised us up. Amen. Raised for me. Everything Jesus died for, I, I, I made up my mind in, by his grace through faith. I'm walking in it. Everything. Everything. I refuse to just talk about it and be happy about it and go home. No, I walk in it. That you might, he says that, so that, that, that means for a purpose. He has something in view. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Say amen. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Glory to God. How many of us saw that? Uh huh. Now, when Jesus was raised from the dead, listen, listen. That means when Jesus died, look up please. When Jesus died on the cross, death overwhelmed him. When he was raised from the dead, death could not hold him down. Note not that death could, that was victory, all right, over death. The resurrection is victory. The resurrection of Jesus is victory over death. And that's victory over sin as well. Come on. I said that's victory over sin. Because what is the sting of death? Come on. What is the sting of death? The killing power of death is sin. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, Jesus was raised from the dead, victorious over the sting of death. Are we together? And over death itself. Amen. And that's also victory over Satan. Because before his resurrection, Satan used to have, I mean, used to have, Satan had 
the power of death. The power to kill through sin. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. Are we together? He had that power. And so when Jesus was raised from the dead, he conquered the one who had the power of death and he conquered the power of death, that sin. Amen? So three things were conquered. Number one, sin was conquered. Number two, death was conquered. Number three, the one who had the power of death was conquered as well, Satan. Glory to God. Come on, I said glory to God. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15 tells us, look at it. It says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, having disarmed, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Having disarmed, having spoiled, having destroyed principalities and powers. Let's say victory over principalities and powers. Say it again. Say victory over principalities and powers. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Amen. I said amen and amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. We identify with that. Now let me give you one more scripture and then we'll close. We identify with that. Come to... Ephesians chapter 1 quickly. And let's start the reading from verse 17. This was the Spirit's prayer for the church at Ephesus through the Apostle Paul. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you, what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know. Let's on say no. Oh, no. come on, say say no. no. That ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ. Which he what? Wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. In the heavenly places. Far above. Come on, how far? Ask your neighbor, how far? Come on, how far? Now, now, this is it. By the law of identification, understand that when he raised him from the dead, all right, he actually raised you together with him. True? Good. Understand that. And so when he ascended on high, you ascended on high with him and raised him from the dead and says, far above all principality and power and, come on, all principality and 
and and and not only but also in that which is to come. Did you see that? That means our victory in Christ Jesus transcends this world. It goes beyond this world. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things, how many things? Come on, how many things? Under his feet and give him to be the head over all things to the church. He gave him to be the head over all things to the church. And our translation says, for the benefit of the church. Glory to God. Did you see that? So that by our identification with him, we rule in his name. Lift up your right hand and say, victory is mine. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, say, victory is mine. In the name of Jesus Christ. One more time, say, victory is mine. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Identify with him. Hello? Identify with him. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put him on. Hello? Wear him. Put him on. You know what that means? Everything that he is to you and he's done for you, take your reference point from there. And refuse to yield yourself to the beggarly elements of this world. Amen. Put him on. Put him on. Put him on. Wear him. Identify with him. Hallelujah. Lord, I identify with you in your resurrected state, in your resurrection. I identify with you. And I thank you for that resurrection power is at work in me. The same power that raised you from the dead. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according, according to the power that worketh in us. Resurrection power. Identify with him. Refuse to let the devil take you for a ride. Refuse. Take your reference point from his resurrection. Glory to God. Amen. There's somebody here, all right? You came here believing God for something, a lump sum. All right? By the power of his resurrection, I declare right now, the money is in your hand. I said the money is in your hand. There's somebody here, immediately after this meeting, as you step out, text messages of supplies will bombard you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man. It's resurrection power. Take your reference point from there. Take your reference point from there. Identify. Put, put, I gave him the, the jacket. Alright. He held it in his hand and was rejoicing about it. Beautiful. Alright. But you see, that will not do him any good. Until you put it on. And I love this. The man who identified with Jesus Christ in his death and his resurrection 
all right, experienced the power of his resurrection in his life vitally. Vitally. Galatians 2 and 20, we'll close with that. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, rise to your feet. Shout, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Yeah, identify with him. Paul said, I am or I have been crucified with. Nevertheless, I. Yet not I, but Christ liveth. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by. The faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He gave himself for me. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith in him. Faith in him. In him. Repose that faith in him. He did it for me. In my interest, for my good, I take my reference point from Jesus. Amen. Get angry now. If there's a need that has been staring you in the face for the past two weeks, get angry. Alright? For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. He became poor. Looking on to Jesus. Take your reference point. I want you to get charged right now. Speak in other tongues for the next five minutes. Speak in other tongues. Speak in other tongues. We're taking you will not let that habit hold you down. No, no, no. Neither yield yourself. Refuse to. Jesus paid the full price. Jesus paid the full price. Glory to God. For the next five minutes, be stand up. Come on, pray, pray, pray in other tongues. Repa candele bossi calabaha. Repo cosi catalamande brabrabosh. Repa talabande rabosi catalabarabadeha. Sanda la pocone brogado gregadosh. E camarosa telebrabrabosh. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. All right, put your right hand on your belly. For the next two minutes, pray in tongues. And say, thank you, Lord, for your resurrection power wells up within me. It rises up. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead. 
Sotto probatikle kom rodibro badabosha parabadia. Le kom roteke sotto progedegregedosha talabaha. Oh, rasamanonde rebedoboshita brabadabosha. Rapaketeke do brabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadabrabadab
It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference in your life. Lift up your hands now and begin to identify with him in all that he has done for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wave your hands and identify with him. Identify with him. Come on, go ahead. Thank you, Lord. You died for my sins. And you justified me. I am justified in you. Thank you, Lord. You were made sin for me. That I might be made the righteousness of God in you. Therefore, I declare I am the righteousness of God in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you because you were made poor for me. That I, through your poverty, might be rich. Therefore, I declare I am rich through your poverty. In the name of Jesus. I am blessed. I am prosperous. I walk in abundance. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for increase. Thank you for abundance. Thank you for prosperity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your holy name.